You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for our Forces of Destiny recap. I'm your host, Cassie Sketch, and today we are talking Season 2, Episode 6 of Forces of Destiny, which is Bounty Hunted. Uh, we have a little bit of news. Um, I've been out for two weeks, so I thought we would have had a little bit more news than we do, but... Regardless, uh, we do have a little bit of news, and Mike and Matt already covered it uh, over with the Resistance recap, but I figured I'd put my two cents in, Uh, but Galaxy's Edge is opening up, like, way sooner than any of us thought. I mean, I at least thought that it would probably be mm, maybe July, Uh, but the... California installation, the campus of Galaxy's Edge is going to be open May 31st, and the one in Florida is going to be open August 29th, um, and I don't know if you guys are keeping tabs, but that's in, like, two months that we're getting, uh, the opening in California, that's kind of insane, uh, and we got a lot of information, uh, pertaining to Galaxy's Edge, I don't know if I talked about the uniforms and that, yes, I did in the last episode, um, but we've kind of learned a little bit more about, uh, what's going on there and, like, food and the rides and kind of what there is to do at Galaxy's Edge, and a lot of these things are pretty cool to me. Something that jumped out at me, and I don't think Matt or Mike mentioned in the last episode, is that they have kind of a choose-your-own-adventure uh, option uh, through the Disney Parks mobile app. And so I'm, you know, in my head, I'm thinking like a Pokemon Go type thing where, you know, you have an AR type situation, but it could be whatever. That seems like something that's going to be really cool, um, especially for those of us who maybe there's a story. Maybe, I mean, I'm excited for the idea that we're going to have a place 
that itself has a story and we can get those tidbits of information physically and in person and I don't know how to word that but I've said it multiple times um, and that's something that's cool and so I think that uh, choose your own adventure could that's going to be such a cool thing for kids I think um, because this is a generation every kid doesn't have an iPhone but a four-year-old would much rather play on a phone than go to the park. Maybe not, but in my experience at least. And so that's a, it's an interesting way to kind of integrate that. Um, and I think that it'll be really cool. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if it's like almost like a scavenger hunt type of thing, or maybe it is uh, kind of like an augmented reality. Like if you put some headphones in, like, uh, like if you go to like the Statue of Liberty and you walk around and it has the buttons and it like talks to you, not exactly like that, but maybe there's like characters that you get to go see through the Disney Parks app. That's what I would love. I think that's super cool. And it makes the entire experience more interactive. Uh, which I didn't think was possible with the idea of uh, Galaxy's Edge because I I mean the, the entire thing that makes me excited about it is that we are going to be able to kind of insert ourselves um, into the Black Spire outpost and be a part of a galaxy far far away and that's I don't know I'm oh I can't wait um, but like I've said I'm I'm not planning on going anytime soon after it opens. I'm thinking, I had this thought earlier today, um, is that I wonder how busy Disney is during college spring break, during college spring break, because college spring break is different than school spring break, like kids spring break. I'm wondering if they're less busy then. And if my college spring break would be a really good time to go check out Galaxy's Edge. Um, Because if so, uh, that's going to be something I do next year. Uh, And that'll be really cool. Um, And hopefully by then, uh, the Rise of the Resistance will be open. uh, Which also, uh, I was reading up a little bit on it. I don't know how much of this is true. But from what I've seen, it is halfway kind of a walkthrough experience, like not a show, but uh, it's it's a half ride, half walkthrough, uh, which I think is going to be really cool. I think that that's going to play into a bit of a story being told uh, at Galaxy's Edge. And I can't I just like I think it's they're doing a whole lot of stuff that I I don't think I've seen before. And when I hear, you know, partially walk through rides, I'm I'm thinking, you know, when you you if, if you've ever been to Disney, I'm sure most of you have, uh you know that if you're waiting in a long line for a ride, they have this really clever thing where the line has a bunch of the line itself is a bit of an experience uh there's everything's decorated everything is like there's characters talking you know there's stuff going on and so when I hear it's partially walkthrough I I I'm hoping that it doesn't mean that the line uh is part of it but I also imagine that it's going to be people cycling through the whole time and it's not stop go stop go so maybe that's where it's at um but I I obviously don't know how that would work I feel like everything would be tripped up but either way either way I I 
I think that ride's gonna be so cool. And that, I think that's what I'm most excited for. Um, so I don't wanna go before Rise of the Resistance is open. Um, I also just wanna avoid any crowds that I can, but um, obviously it's Disney and they've been super packed lately. Um, and so that's not really something I'm gonna be able to do. I was at Disney um, over winter break in fact, I went on the day before New Year's Eve. Now, that wasn't smart, but it was packed. Like, we looked it up and it was like a record-breaking number for that day. I think I got to ride maybe four rides the whole time and it was like the aerial ride and like not things that you would be, not the main attractions of Disney, but that's not exactly where I'm at. And I'm kind of rambling, um, unrelated, but, uh, Galaxy's Edge is just going to be super cool. Um, and I, I mean, that's all I really have to say about it. I'm, I'm really surprised that it's opening as early as it is, but I think that that's probably in an attempt to work out some kinks, um, before they get to the more, uh, to the more crowded, days uh historically so um it'll be interesting to see i'm excited to hear from people about what they have uh what there is to do at galaxy's edge and how the experience is i i'm not even gonna try to be spoiler free um i don't think i think that i'm waiting long enough uh i'm planning on waiting long enough that um uh, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to stay spoiler-free for Galaxy's Edge. Um, so it's a little disappointing, but I do really, really want to know what's going on there because I imagine it's going to be worth my while to visit. However, I don't like theme parks, so, um, I'm going to go no matter what. Uh, just when I go, I guess, is going to be determined by what I hear about it. And uh, I say that knowing that positive that everybody's going to love it. And that I also, uh, as a student, don't really get to make those kinds of decisions about when and where I want to go. Um, especially on vacations, but, um, a girl can hope. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, something I'm looking forward to, and we're, like, two months away from that, um, so I'm really excited. That's all I really have to say. Um, we can, uh, go ahead to get into the recap with Bounty Hunted. Calculate the jump, Chop. <laughs> my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. 
After their escape from Cloud City, Princess Leia Organa, Chewbacca, and R2-D2 travel to Ord Mantell to meet an old friend of Han Solo. Leia asks Chewbacca if they can trust this old friend, and he roars in affirmation. Leia remarks that this place is charming and asks two hooded figures where she can find Maz Kanata. The two figures part to reveal Maz, who was squatting by a crate. She is delighted to see her boyfriend Chewbacca and allows the Wookiee to carry and hug her. Maz recognizes Leia as Han's friend and asks what happens to what happened to Han. Chewie tells Maz that he was frozen in carbonite. Maz walks away, but Leia tells her that Chewie said she could help them in a tight spot. When Leia asks what is the plan, Maz counsels patience and tells Leia that the solution will present itself. At that moment, they are fired upon by an Ubi's bounty hunter, Bausch. While hiding behind a crate, Maz reassures Leia that that is the solution. As Leia asks how, Maz replies that she needs a disguise and that a bounty hunter is perfect. Leia and Chewie exchange fire with Bausch while R2-D2 activates a nearby crane. Leia manages to shoot the blaster out of Bausch's hands. Bausch charges at Leia with his shock blade tipped la- <laughs> with his shock blade tipped lance. Leia grabs Bausch's lance and the two face off. At that point, R2-D2 whistles. Leia backs away as the crane slams Bausch against a wall. Bausch tries to activate his thermal detonator, but Maz knocks him unconscious with her electro staff. Maz says that Bausch's armor will- would fit Leia while Leia adds that a thermal detonator would come in handy. Later, aboard the Millennium Falcon, Leia thanks Maz for her help and admits that she is not what she was expecting. Maz replies that she very rarely is and tells Chewie that she likes Leia. She tells Chewie to tell Han that Leia is a keeper. Okay, guys, so I'm not mad at this episode, per se. Um, actually, not at all. Uh, it's not exactly information I feel like we needed. <laughs> uh, how Leia got her bounty hunter disguise uh, for Return of the Jedi there in Jabba's palace. But, uh, I mean, it's still something, and it's definitely something we didn't get otherwise, but it was never anything that I thought about. Um, and I guess this coming after, uh, coming out, I believe, after uh, Solo, and we kind of, we get to see, you know, land the origins of Lando's disguise uh, for Return of the Jedi, maybe at the time of this episode coming out, that fits in a little bit uh just theme wise and kind of making a little connection to something that uh had just happened but uh as it's now 2019 um and solo is not fresh on our minds anymore it's a little it's a little weird to uh have that um I didn't exactly see a point in giving us uh that information um but I mean, it doesn't hurt. Um, I just thought that it we could have we could have seen Maz and Leia uh, meeting differently, and I kind of would have uh, liked it to be done differently. But I guess uh, at the same time, it makes a little bit of sense since it had to do with Han, um, and it's interesting that Leia meets Maz when Han is not a- around. Um, 
I also just, I mean, it was cool uh, that we get to see Maz in uh, Forces Destiny. I don't think we have seen her uh, in an episode uh, aside from you doing the intro at the beginning. And then if you watched the specials for TV, um, there is a little bit of a story uh, going on um, with her and Hondo, which in itself is is kind of interesting and and animation fans we love hondo um and like i was talking about earlier with galaxy's edge that's one thing that i'm kind of excited for because i really really think that we are going to get to see hondo uh galaxy's edge and if we don't um that's a deal breaker for me just kidding it's not i'm i'm gonna go no matter what um and i don't have we gotten i feel like i've seen a picture of Hondo from Galaxy's Edge. I don't... Maybe I have, maybe I haven't, but I feel like that's something that they have said is going to happen or that is rumored. Um, But either way, that will be cool uh, because, again, if you're an animation fan, you love Hondo. Um, Even if you didn't at first, he's grown on you because he shows up everywhere. And I would not be surprised if he shows up um, during Resistance. Uh, I'll bet... I don't know how how long his species lives. Let me look that up. Okay, so upon further inspection, uh, no uh, canon. Uh, there's no canon lifespan. Uh, but in Legends, uh, the Weequay, which is what Hondo is, uh, live up to 90 uh, years, which means he could probably be like an old man if he were to show up sometime in the sequel trilogy, uh, or, you know, showing up in Galaxy's Edge, um, and I think if we see Maz again, I mean, Hondo, come on, we gotta see him, like, everybody, everybody loves Hondo, he's the best, I mean, that would, I, whatever, that's totally off base, Hondo's not even in this episode, uh, but any, any chance to talk about him, of course, we're going to, um, where was I at? I don't even know where I was, where I came from. But anyway, um, it was interesting to get to see Maz here, uh, because we don't get to see her really anytime else, and I don't know, I don't, can't remember if there's an episode after this one where we do, um, questions, uh, but I do, I do like that we got to see her, um, and I think it's, I, that I feel like is an even more, more information that, we didn't need. Um, it's still information that was cool and something that, uh, thanks, thanks for that. Um, how Leia met Maz, but it wasn't anything interesting. Um, especially in kind of the context of this episode where it didn't really feel like Maz did anything. Um, and I think that if Leia and Chewie had both, uh, come to this Maz, okay, I'm looking back at it. Maz did, I mean, Maz told them, you know, you'll need a disguise. Here's your disguise. Um, But there wasn't anything that she really did to help uh, aside from giving them that idea. Um, But maybe that's, I feel, that's, that's a lot of what Maz does. I feel like Um, now looking back on it, you know, in uh, The Force Awakens, she doesn't really help them all that much. Um, she's kind of a place for uh, Han Fen and Rey to go, and she, you know, tells them, you know, take the lightsaber, but uh, there's not much else 
that she does to help them. Um, and then the same deal in The Last Jedi. She did a little bit more uh, to uh, assist just in giving information. But I, I think that that's also making me understand her character a little bit more. Um, because I think she knows a lot. And she's very smart. Um, and that's how she's going to help people. Um, she's an ideas woman. Um, but I mean, I, if, if I'm really going into it, I guess that that's, that could be something that I, at least me personally got from this episode is making that connection, uh, to Maz's character. Um, but I don't exactly know why they needed to see her in person for this. Maybe they weren't able to communicate with her or something. Uh, but I would have I would have loved for Maz to have done something, you know, said, okay, this person right here, I don't I want them out. I want them out of the picture. Um, or not even that. That sounds awful. But maybe uh I don't know. I don't know what I expected from her here, actually, now that I think of it. But um I just thought it was interestingly anticlimactic. Um what I'm and I, I don't mind it. Um, this episode just as a whole did not have a whole lot going on. Um, I felt I had a, I had a couple just feelings, um, like that. Like I didn't, I didn't need to, I mean, I don't think that this is important. And I think that a lot of other episodes of Forces of Destiny have given us important information. Um, I mean, not completely like it needs to be you needed to know this, but there's a lot of things that Forces of Destiny has done to enhance other things, and aside from me personally making that realization about Maz, um, I didn't really get much from this episode, uh, which surprises me, because I think when we get a crossover like this, especially when it's two characters meeting for the first time, especially two characters that we already kind of know are in some way connected, but we never saw that, uh, I thought that maybe we would have gotten a little bit more at the same time, I don't know what else I wanted, um, but I'm, that's not my job. <laughs> I don't know. This episode, I, I'm, again, I'm not mad at it. It's just, there's something off about it, um, and I don't know how to put it into words. There, uh, I mean, there were things that I did enjoy about it. Um, first of all, we do not have a whole ton of at least canon content, um, from in between, uh, Empire and Jedi, uh, at least that I know of, uh, I kind of, I was doing really good with keeping up with comics and novels about a year ago, and then it just, it's, it gets overwhelming, um, and I kind of fell off, so correct me if I'm wrong, maybe we do have more canon information from in between Empire and Jedi, but to my knowledge, we don't, so, I mean, I guess that's somewhat interesting, and we never got to see the planning for how they were going to get Han out of Jabba's palace and how they were going to rescue him. Um, so, I mean, in a way, like, that is interesting. Um, I think that it would make more sense if Luke had been there as well, because I think that that's a plan that they made together. Him being as integral part, as integral of, his, of a part, uh, playing as important of a part, um, in the rescue, um, or the rescue attempt, 
I would say, uh, that fell apart and then came back together, whatever. Um, I would have, I would imagine that Maz helping them and kind of telling them, oh, you'll need a disguise to help him, uh, that it would be something that Luke would be involved in as well. Um, but I guess not. But I mean, at least we did get some information between Empire and Jedi, but it, it there's definitely things that were missing um, that I think could have been uh, a part of it. Um, and I also I had a weird feeling watching this episode. And if you go back and watch it, I feel like somebody has to agree with me. Um, and I, I, as you know, I read through the comments uh, on YouTube below uh, all the episodes and I, you know, try to see what other people are saying. And, and I didn't see anybody saying this, but the way R2 acted in this episode or was portrayed or whatever rem reminded me so much more of R2 from the Clone Wars than R2 from the original trilogy. Um, and I, before this episode, didn't even realize that there was that much of a distinct difference. And I don't even, I can't put my thumb on what that is. Um, and I think it's R2 going straight, you know, to hijack the uh, ship that he did or even just the sounds he made in this episode. I feel like uh, maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but I think that there are some sounds that were used for R2 during the Clone Wars that were not used, um, during the original trilogy, and I think that they used those during this episode, and that doesn't have any, like, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, because I don't think it has anything to do with anything else, but for some reason, that was something that jumped out at me for this episode, and I, I wanted to mention it, because tell me if I'm crazy, but, like, if you watch that episode, if you look at R2 and you think about it, like, it feels, it just, it's different, and I don't know how it's different. I think, like, the confidence, not the confidence, he's, he's a robot, but the just quick thinking and going to, you know, do something like that, improvising, you know, throwing a ship at somebody, you know, uh, or not throwing a ship at somebody, but a hijack, hijacking that ship, um, to be the bounty hunter, um, is 100% like that would have been an Anakin plan, not a Leia plan. And um, it would have been something that was not a maneuver, but like R2 would have seen the opportunity with Anakin and done it. But I don't feel like uh, with Leia, that's something that we would have seen uh, in the original trilogy era. Uh, so I don't know. It was weird. There was something different and I again I don't I don't know where to go with that um this uh, this episode just completely confused me because there's so many things that are almost there but like not quite and then there's like something weird but I can't put my finger on it and it's just I like this episode but it's 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 different um and I don't know how <laughs> like it's really bothering me um and if somebody could help me out please do um one last thing and this also has to do uh with this episode obviously coming out as close to solo as it did but I like that the thermal detonator uh is becoming a little bit more of a gag uh with star wars obviously we have the moment in uh return of the jedi 
where, you know, Leia pulls out the thermal detonators, like, because I'm holding a thermal detonator, and then, you know, we got that moment in, um, Solo, where he's holding a rock, and he says, I have this thermal detonator, which, by the way, I went with my states that I went, I went for a special screening with the Kentucky Star Wars Collectors Club for Solo, and I was the only one who laughed for that, and I was looking around, and I was like, these are all, like, 50-year-old dudes who, like, really know Star Wars, and, like, I was getting really up. I was, like, I was, like, how did, like, obviously, I'm sure they got it, but, like, that made me laugh, like, a lot, and I was, like, come on, guys, like, really? <laughs> um, but I like that that's becoming uh, kind of a, that's becoming kind of a thing, maybe, a little bit. I feel like there might have been something during the Clone Wars where somebody had a thermal detonator and said something about it. Maybe it was Cad Bane. I feel like that's a Cad Bane thing. Oh, I can almost see it. Oh. Anyway, um, but I like that they're, they're kind of creating that. I, they're creating kind of a new tradition almost, or a new gag later on, uh, in the expansion of Star Wars. I think that's interesting because I feel like a lot of the things that we have uh, as just recurring things um, or recurring jokes have been there since the beginning. And so, I mean, it's interesting that they're doing that now. Um, and I think that that's cool. And I think that that's also like a little bit reassuring to me that like those things in Star Wars, like, the little jokes that, like, everybody, like, if you watch all of them and you're, like, see it, you're, like, haha, that's a quote from the other thing, and they're, like, whatever, we're not gonna run out of those things, and I don't think that the one, the little catchphrases and things, um, are going to run out because of they're proving that they can, uh, create new ones, and so as Star Wars progresses and, you know, we move away from the saga films, there are still going to be these little kind of inside joke type things that are part of the comedy of Star Wars, which is different, um, I think, than the comedy of other things. And so that's, just, I mean, that's just one of the few things that stuck out for me with this episode. And I think, I don't know, I like that they've created a joke more recently. And I think, just think it's interesting and I think it's smart um, and it's reassuring uh, to those of us who are looking forward to decades and decades more of Star Wars. Um, but that is all we really have for this week. Um, so as always, you can stay up to date in all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also add us on Facebook at Rebels Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Rebels Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Rebel Cells. You can follow me on Twitter at Cassie Sketch. That's C A S S I E S C U T C H. And of course, we're part of the Thunderquack Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network. And if you'd like to support us, you can do that in one of two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch or by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and pledging your support. Your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the Thunderquack podcast and the Thunderquack Quack group on Facebook. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, um, and I promise I will be here next week. I've said it multiple times, and then I haven't been here the next week. I promise I will do it. I will be here next week. We will be back next week talking the path ahead. Bye.